Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. Mark chapter 5, verse 25. Mark chapter 5, 25. I'm going to ask you three questions today. I want you to think about these questions. If you answer these questions right, then your life will go very well. These are questions that we all must answer. We must confront and answer them because we see throughout Scripture the example of these Scriptures time and time again. But we're going to look at a specific story that many of you who are churchgoers and Bible readers are very familiar with. But don't shut me off just because you know the story. You're going to learn some things today. All right? Come on. Turn to somebody and tell them you're going to learn something today. All right. Okay. Mark chapter 5, verse 25. Mark 5, 25. Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. Verse 27. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. If only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Verse 29. Immediately. Say immediately. Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. Verse 30, and Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, you see the multitude thronging you, and you say, who touched me? And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, you know why she was fearing and trembling? Because she did something that was not allowed as a Jewish woman and that was to touch anything because of the flow of blood under the law of Moses there was a commandment that a woman who was in her cycle was deemed impure for that week or seven days however long she endured that and anything that she touched not only was she unclean but anything that she came in contact with was unclean and you can read that in the book of Leviticus for all your, your Bible enjoyment reading. I highly recommend Leviticus. For <laughs> no, no, not really. Uh, but, uh, and it was one of the laws that God instituted. Well, imagine this. This woman has this 12 years, every day for 12 years. 12 years. 12 years. Every day for 12 years. So she has been ostracized by the law um, from the social world and from coming in contact with anyone can you imagine so she has spent all of her money she's tried to get well she spent all of her money on doctors and 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 none of them were able to help her so now she has no hope for health and she's spent all of her money things are not going well as a matter of fact her health has grown worse and so now she is desperate to do something she's done everything she can in the natural but then she heard about Jesus she heard about Jesus. And if you read just the prior chapter, you see all these miracles Jesus was doing in Matthew, uh, Mark chapter 4 um, and, and 3 and 2 and 1. Mark chapter 1, he healed a, a man of leprosy. 
um, which, which is interesting because he reached out and touched the leper. The leper came to him and he begged him, please, Lord, if you're willing, I, you can make me clean. And Jesus said, I'm willing. And he touched him and immediately the man was healed. You know, Jesus had no fear of anyone affecting him, any of their sickness or sin or anything like that. Because he knows that if he can touch you or you can touch him, he will actually be the one who affects you. Because his holiness is so much greater than our sin. Hmm? His healing power is greater than our sickness and disease. And so he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. And this woman heard about Jesus. So she took the risk. Possible stoning if she were to get caught. Because anything she touches is defiled. And yet she, in her desperate situation, and it wasn't just desperation. There was something else at work in this woman. Because if you notice that Jesus is amongst a crowd who's thronging him. Everybody wants a piece of Jesus, right? I mean, there, you know that there were other desperate people in that crowd. There were people who were sick. There were people who were in great need. And everyone is trying to touch him, and he continues to walk until this woman touched him. Let me tell you something. There's a difference between a physical touch and a touch of faith. Because she said in herself, if I can just touch his clothes... Maybe, maybe I won't make him impure. Maybe she didn't know just how powerful this Jesus was. But she thought, maybe if I can just touch his clothes, that way, you know, maybe, maybe they'll let me off if I don't really touch him. Just, if I just touch his clothes, I know I'll be made whole. All i got to do is have that little bit of contact. And it says that she actually touched the hem of his garment. So she's keeping low. Gets down to the bottom and just touches. And the moment she did, she's immediately healed. And Jesus says, whoa, 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 whoa. Who touched me? And you can imagine the disciples, because you're, you're seeing it from their level, right? They're like, uh, no, who isn't touching you? That's the better question, Jesus. Everybody's touching you. And he said, no, 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 somebody, somebody touched me on my terms. Somebody met me on my terms. Because the scripture says, he who comes to God must believe that he is, and he is a rewarder to those who diligently seek him. This woman wasn't just desperate. My family, this woman was in faith. And faith always gets results. Always. Faith in God always gets results. Matter of fact, he wasn't even handing out healing at that moment. Jesus wasn't even having a healing service. He was on his way from one city to another, and she snuck up behind him and stole it from him. <laughs> By faith. And he said, whoa, I felt power go out of me. Who touched me? So here she is, and she's thinking, I'm caught now. Surely I'm going to be stoned. Surely I'm going to be put to death, put away. I don't know what's going to happen. Because I'm sure that her experience with the religious leaders of that day were less than pleasant. But Jesus, this is amazing. She's trembling, fearing, knowing that had happened to her, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. Verse 34, and he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Be healed of your affliction. Oh, don't you know that was music to her ears, expecting the hammer of judgment to come down. Instead, she gets honored in front of everyone. Your faith has made you whole. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Jesus is extraordinary. This man is extraordinary. But there's some things in this story. There's some things in this passage and questions I want to pull out for all of us today. The first one is, 
What do you see? Come on, turn to somebody ask them that question. What do you see? Come on, do it again. Turn to somebody else. What do you see? The second one is, what do you say? Come on, ask each other. What do you say? Huh? And thirdly, what do you show? What do you show? What do you see? What do you say? What do you show? If you can answer these questions right, you're going to live in all that God has for you to live. You're going to experience all he wants you to experience because he came to, came to give you life and abundance in that life. Huh? That's what he came to do. And so he has good plans for you. He has good thoughts towards you. What do you see? Maybe you don't see yourself like he sees you, but you need to see yourself like he sees you because he sees you for who you really are. You know, you, you might be able to fool others, but you're not going to fool God. The scripture says everything's naked, exposed to him, and he sees right through everything. And he sees you for who you are. You know what's amazing to me? He sees me for who I am. He sees everything I've done, and he still loves me anyway. He still loves you anyway. Because love covers a multitude of sins. Perfect love casts out all fear. And he sees you. If you're a child of God, you've put your faith in Jesus. He sees you completely holy and righteous and blameless yeah. before him. Yeah. He sees you like he sees his own son. Imagine Praise that. God. God. How many of you know, believe today, we need to see ourselves maybe in a little better way then? Yeah. Because yeah. if God sees you this way and he is the truth, then you need to see yourself for who you truly are. Yeah. And yeah. not get caught up Estimating yourself by things you have done or not done. But rather, who you are in Him. Because that's the real you. The righteous you. The holy you. The right standing with God you. Amen. The one who is blessed and highly favored by God Almighty. What do you see? Because God sees things you don't see and knows ways you don't know. The scripture says that at one time, see, no eye is seen and no ear is heard, nor is it into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those who love him. But then it goes on to say the good news is in the New Testament is that, but God has now revealed them to us by his spirit. All right, he's here to teach you these mysteries. He's here to show you the secrets, amen, to help you see you as he sees you and see life as he sees life. What do you see? See, she saw, when she heard about Jesus, she heard about this healer, she immediately saw, she saw that he could heal her. If she could just get to him, he could heal her. He could help her. What is it that you see that you're not looking at yet? The scripture is funny wording sometimes. Why, why we do not look at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. For the things that are seen are temporary, the things that are not seen are eternal. Well, how in the world are we supposed to look at the things we can't see and not look at the things that we do see, Jesus? It's a bit confusing. Until you understand that we walk by faith. And faith is seeing things as God sees them. It gives you God's perspective. Faith in Him. What do you see? What do you see? And then it says that she said within herself, if I may only touch His clothes. If I can just touch His clothes, I know I will be made well. I know I will be made whole. What are you saying? What's coming out of your mouth? What's the, what's the regular language of your life? Because Jesus said that is that which is connected to your heart. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth is speaking. 
I'm not talking about those slip-ups now and then. Hmm? I'm talking about the regular language of your life. What are you saying? What are you saying? Are you putting his words in your mouth? Are you declaring what God has said? Because the scripture says to hold fast the confession of your hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. Mm, Sometimes those promises seem so far away. The reality of God's word and the reality of where you stand seem eons apart. But my family, if you will, by faith in God, declare what God has said, if you'll continue to say it even when you're not seeing it, Hmm? Even when you don't know it, even when you're not experiencing it, you will eventually see your confession take on flesh. You You will see it manifest in your life. You've got to hold fast your confession. Keep saying it. Keep saying it. Out of the abundance of the heart, mouth speaks. Jim, Jim had moved to Hollywood. Jim moved to Hollywood because he was ready to be a star. He lived up north, and one day he told his neighbors, you can have anything you want in my apartment. I'm going to California. And that's what he did. Went to California. And he found out that life wasn't as easy and the fame wasn't as, uh, that approachable. And, and, and one evening, late in the wee hours of the morning, he's walking down Hollywood Boulevard. He's homeless. He's trying to get his act going. And suddenly a police car shows up and they tell him to get in the car. He gets in the car. And so they start questioning him. And the police officers were convinced by the area they were in and the, the hour of the night and by the look of him that he had either been buying drugs or pushing drugs. So they start interrogating him in the back of the police car as they are heading toward the police station. And he's telling them, I don't, do, I don't do drugs. I don't sell drugs. I don't do drugs. I promise you. I promise you. I, I, I'm not doing anything like that. Yeah, sure you're not. So after a while, finally, after the conversation calmed down a little bit, finally one of the cops said, well, what do you do? He says, um, I tell jokes. Which, the moment that came out of his mouth, he felt like that's not the appropriate thing to say in a situation like this. And they said, oh, really? He said, no, I really do. I'm really aspiring to be a comedian. And the, the, the police officer said, yeah, whatever. Okay, all right, okay, comedian. Tell us some jokes then. Perform for us. And you know what? All of a sudden, he is faced with the performance of his life. And boy, did he perform. He started telling jokes. I mean, he went crazy. Telling, all, telling good jokes, dumb jokes, making up jokes on the spot. But you know what? It worked. The police officers started laughing, and they weren't laughing and scoffing at him. Now they're laughing because he's actually funny. And they laughed and laughed and laughed, and so much so that they finally became convinced that he was telling the truth. They turned around and dropped him right back off where they picked him up there on Hollywood Boulevard, told him, go home. And they left. Well, he didn't have a home to go to. Went and slept on the back porch of a comedy club, and this continued to be his existence for some time. I'm going to California. You can have everything I want. Well, he's a long way from what he thought he, where he thought he would be. But that's not the end of Jim's story. Jim started making it in the, in the world of comedy. Matter of fact, not only did he do well in the clubs, but he ended up very possibly in every one of your living rooms at, from one time or another on your TV. <laughs> and 
And in 2000, he got a star put on that walk of fame in Hollywood. Just a few feet from that night when the police officers picked him up. You don't know him as Jim. You know him as Jay Leno. You hold fast the confession of your hope without wavering no matter where you are right now. You hold on to that confession because the word of God is true no matter what your circumstances are saying to you. No matter what your circumstances, what you're experiencing right now, my family. It has to be true. Otherwise, we are wasting our time being here today. huh? But I'm convinced of this. I know the word of God works. I know it does. Not, not, not only because I've experienced it, because that's what it says. God is true. Let God be true and let every man be a liar. Listen, there's more to you. There's more to you than just, just emotions. You are a speaking spirit. So get his word in you. The word is near you, even in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. Amen. You continue to say it. Come on, turn to somebody. Ask them, what are you saying? What do you say? What do you see? What do you say? And then it says that she pressed through the crowd. She made it through. I mean, she went through those throngs of people. She put that faith in action. And she did everything that she could in the natural to walk to him, to crawl to him. I don't know what that looked like, but she got to him. And she reached out and she touched the hem of his garment and everything changed. What are you showing? It's one thing to see it. It's one thing to say it. It's another thing to show it. It's another thing to show. It's important, Christian. Your life is on display. We don't have the right to just, well, me and Jesus, we got our own thing going. No, you don't. No, you don't. No, my faith is private. No, it's not. I don't, I don't know who duped you into that religious lie, but your faith ain't private. Your relationship with God isn't private. Your relationship with God is display for others to see. The life of God in you. Amen. Take responsibility for that. Yeah. Amen. I'm talking to adults this morning, right? This is, we're not in kids' church. Okay, I just want to make sure. I was talking to adults this morning. Is it okay if, if I talk to you like you're adults? Okay, good. Well, you are, as a child of God, you know, the great T.L. Osborne, one of the greatest missionaries of the last century said, we owe it to this world. To not only preach this gospel, but to demonstrate this gospel. That's why Jesus said signs follow believers. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. They'll cast out devils. They'll speak in new tongues. They will do. They will do. They will show. Let your light so shine before men that they may see what? Your good works. That they may see your good works. Your good works don't save you, but they might help somebody else come to know the Lord. Hmm? And glorify your Father in heaven, that they may see your good works. I got an email from a gentleman by the name of Stephen Lopez, and um, I, Heather and I met him through Mary Beth Winchell a few years ago, and Stephen is doing a tireless work, a thankless work, a less than glorious work of standing outside of plant planned parenthood centers and quietly protesting and praying. And he's been doing this for years. His very first experience was in Sherman, Texas, just north of us. Was it 28 miles from north of us, something like that? 
And um, they, he hooked up with an organization called 40 Days for Life, and, and they, they went there to stand out in front. Now, they're not, they're not screaming at people. They're not judging people. They're just out there to love people and, and to show them, give them hope and maybe offer another way than, than taking a baby's life. And so this is what he's been doing. And his first experience, 40 days, they were out there just praying, just, just quietly being there. And, and uh, we, we, we joined them a couple of different occasions here in McKinney. And uh, wow, I thought, I don't know how you do this every day. And they had people driving by cussing a blue streak. And I mean, calling them every kind of name, just hateful, hateful kind of language and calling them haters, right? <laughs> like, they're standing here praying. All the hate's coming from there, and you're calling them haters. It's extraordinary. Anyway, 40 days. They go out there for 40 days, and guess what? At the end of that 40 days, lo and behold, the Planned Parenthood in Sherman shuts down, closes their doors for good. Well, then they're like, well, since we did this in Sherman, let's go to McKinney. Well, they came to McKinney, and that's where, where we went over there a couple of different times. And you, you could, how many of you drove, drove by them and saw them there? Right on the corner there at uh, El Dorado and where, you, I don't know what road, Steak and Shake, yeah. Always out there, just got their signs up, Jesus loves you, or, you know, pray against abortion, or, you know, whatever. Something like that. And they're just, just peace, sweet, loving people every day out there. Well, it didn't take 40 days. It took four years. But four years later, lo and behold, Planned Parenthood shuts down in McKinney. Close its doors for good. They're like, well, let's go to Plano. Well, they showed up in Plano, Texas. They're still there right now. And so he sends this email out and says, this is week number 129. I'm thinking, man, these guys, I mean, they're just sold out to this cause. It's extraordinary to me. Like I said, I mean, they're just showing up, kind of standing out in the grass and talking to people, looking for opportunities to minister. It's nothing flashy or showy. They're just there. Just continue to be there. And he, he has a friend named Dan Chandler who's out there playing his guitar. He's an old war vet. He sits in a wheelchair and plays his guitar. And <clears throat> car window comes down. They're like, okay, here we go. Let's see what's going to be said this time. And this girl says, would you be willing to give that guitar to save a baby? And Steve said, yeah. Absolutely. Why don't you pull over and we'll talk? So she tells the driver to pull over and she, she gets out of the car. And well, it was easy for Steve to do that because it was Dan's guitar. <laughs> but Dan agreed, you know, Dan, Dan agreed. Oh, yeah, I'll do that, you know. This guitar was pretty special. It was just about everything that Dan Chandler had because Dan has really given himself to this entire cause of protecting and speaking for the lives of the unborn. And, and even given up his own house and a job and just really didn't have much. Really, the only prized possession that he had was that guitar that he's had since 1996 and played it all over the place. And as he's sitting there playing it, his friend apparently is giving it away. So this girl walks over and, and she says, you would give that? Because I, I'm, I was adopted and I have a five-year-old son. And, and, and for me, you know, I, I won't have an abortion or a I say I won't. I'm actually trying to figure that out right now. But for any other, anybody else, I'm pro-choice. And they said, oh, you're, you, you ha you're having a baby. She said, well, 
I'm contemplating not. I'm going through a divorce right now, and because of financial strain, uh, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can, uh, can afford this. So they said, well, you know, we, we just want to tell you there are some options. And I uh, told her about the place called the Bella House. Anybody ever heard of the Bella House where they help moms? They take them in and take care of them, make sure that, you know, they're provided for and that and they offer a place where they can have their baby. You know, if they want to give it up for adoption, they, I mean, they help them through the entire process. So, as, as she's listening to them talk, Dan then has the opportunity to pray with her and to lead her in a prayer to receive Jesus as her Lord and Savior. And so, after that happened, when he sees... He, he looks at her, and he, I mean, she's eyeing that guitar. He says, you want to play my guitar? Well, Steve said, well, why don't we do this? We'll give you the guitar on the day you have this baby. And so she said, okay. It's a deal. Well, then Dan said, you want to play it right now? She said, yes. Yeah. So she picked it up, and she got to playing on it, and Dan said, you know what? You can just have the guitar right now. He saw that she fell in love with it. And another man came over and put wads of cash in her hands. He says, let me help. Let me do something here. And she says, oh, I can buy diapers with this. And at the end of this whole thing, she's determined in May of next year that she's going to have this baby. Because she saw that there are ways, other ways out. Because there are people there that are showing. There are people there that are showing the love of God. Offering life. Words of life. Offering peace. Offering help. What are you showing? Dan ended up saying, I'd give 50 guitars away to save a baby. See, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be some big, just an everyday kind of life showing. Scripture says, let us not love in word and deed, a word and truth only, but in deed. Because God showed us. We know that God loves us because he laid down his life for us. Romans says it like this, God demonstrated his own love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. In other words, God showed us the kind of love, that his love was not dependent upon anything that we did. It's an unconditional love. I'm going to love you anyway. Hmm? Right in the midst of your muck and mire, right in the midst of your sin, right in the midst of your trouble, I'm going to love you. And then the scripture says that there is nothing that can separate us. Who can separate us from the love of Christ? Tribulations, distresses, famine, anything created. Nothing can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. The very fact that God became a man, that God became a man, showed us once and for all, my family, that God is truly on our side. Before he ever, ever went to that cross, the fact that he became a man showed us you're forgiven, you're redeemed. I want a relationship with you forever. He knowing that we could never be like him because of our broken, sinful condition, chose to become like us, to walk in this world so that we could be empowered then to become like him. He, the son of God, became the son of man so that we, the sons of men, could become sons of God. This life that we live in Christ is not just a changed life. We live in exchanged life. Amen. 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 He became a curse, and we became blessed. He became wounded. We became healed. Huh? He became sin. We became righteousness. He became poor, and we became rich. It's 
It's an exchange life that we live through the Lord Jesus Christ. Hey, I think we got the better end of all of that deal. Huh? Amen. Amen. Hope this is encouraging today. What do you see? What do you say? What do you show? Kindness and forgiveness and love and affection and joy, grace are all things that you can give at any time to anyone. Show this love. Demonstrate this love so that they may see your good works and that God may receive the glory from your life. Father, thank you for this time together with these precious people. Lord, I thank you for your great demonstration of love that you would not spare your own son, but you delivered him up for us all. How shall you not with him freely give us all things? Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the gift of your precious son, that in him now we live and we move and we have our being. Lord, I thank you for all these that are here under the sound of my voice, those watching a live stream or listening by podcast. I pray, God, that great grace would be upon them now. Lord, we open up our hearts to you now. I want you to just talk to him right where you are. Just talk to him. Just make a, a whatever commitment you want to or maybe you need to repent of something. Just, just talk to him. Just talk to him. Make a commitment to him today that you're going to be one that's going to show. Not only are you going to see it as he sees it, and not only are you going to declare it, but you're going to show it. And if you'll just answer his call to you today, just like the prophet Isaiah did. The Lord said, who will go for us? Who will speak on our behalf? And Isaiah said, here am I. Send me. Today, if you'll do that, here am I, Lord. Send me. I'll go where you want me to go. I'll say what you want me to say. I'll do what you want me to do. I want to be one who shows for your glory. Not to just talk it. Not to just think it. But to live it. Thank you, Father God. For giving your people courage to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his mind. To not be moved by persecution. To not be moved by trouble and tribulation. But Lord, to stand strong in faith. Knowing that your word is everlasting. Your truth endures to all generations. And I thank you, Lord, for these who are here today, God, who came in here. With, with needs in their lives, their needs in their own personal lives, Lord. Maybe it's their marriage. Maybe it's a, a child. Maybe it's their health, some trouble on the job. Whatever it may be, Father, I thank you that your word says you will supply all of our need according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And I thank you, Father, right now in Jesus' name for the supply that you bring according to your riches, not according to earth resources, but according to how rich you are. According to how well supplied you are, and oh God, you are able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could ask or think. Thank you for touching lives today, for meeting needs. And thank you for that gospel, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's real, real, bona fide good news. Christ died for our sins. He was buried, and he rose again the third day. Whoever believes on him, what an invitation. What an invitation. Whoever, that's all of us, that's any of us. Whoever believes on him will receive everlasting life. Maybe you're here today and you don't know God. Let me encourage you today. Believe on Jesus. It's that simple. Believe on him because he died for your sins so that you don't have to die from your sins. Simply receive him into your life right now. Believe on him. Scripture says, whoever 
confesses with their mouth the Lord Jesus and believes in their heart that God has raised him from the dead, they will be saved. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for that. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Now, may the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. And may the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you and give you peace in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise God. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.